Welcome to the Wide Teams Podcast, the podcast for geographically dispersed teams and remote workers. Located on the web at wideteams.com and on Twitter at Wide Teams. This is episode 74. I'm your host, Avdi Grimm. And today's episode is made possible by Screen Hero. With low lag and an independent mouse pointer for each user, Screen Hero is a screen sharing application built from the ground up for collaboration. Whether you're pair programming, reviewing a website designed with a client, or just helping a distant family member with their computer, Screen Hero makes you a participant instead of a spectator. To try it out for free, visit ScreenHero.com. Joining me today on the show, I have James Costa and Matt Heron of The Fuse. James and Matt, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and let's start with some introductions. Uh, James, let's start with you. Absolutely. So I'm uh, James. I am the uh, founder and creative director at The Fuse. So uh, my job is uh, trying to make sure that all of our processes are in order and uh, making sure everyone's happy, whether it be our clients or our team. And Matt. Uh, so my name is Matt Heron. I'm a project manager at The Fuse. Um, I live in Austin, and uh, my job is just managing the team and the projects on a day-to-day basis and talking to our clients, keeping everything moving. And what is The Fuse? So The Fuse is a uh, creative uh, team of individuals that craft websites, interfaces, and brands. So uh, we have a team dispersed over three countries right now, Canada, the United States, and uh, the United Kingdom. And we're really excited about um, doing things in the web. Uh, we do a little bit of mobile stuff as well, but uh, we try to specialize in everything front end. Um, so when you go to a site, you know, the front end development, the HTML, CSS, uh, JavaScript, to the uh, design, the brand, um, and the strategy behind um, behind everything that you see on the web. Mm. So uh, we work with a lot of great clients uh, from startups to, you know, small businesses and medium-sized businesses um, to figure out solutions. Um, a lot of, you know, clients are moving to the web and moving to the cloud to uh, take things that they've been uh, creating in desktop applications uh, up to the web as, as well as, you know, there's a big internet boom. Uh, everyone has an idea of a startup that they'd like to, uh, to, to do. Um, so we love working with energized, uh, energetic individuals and in, in really developing and creating uh, awesome, awesome web products. Nice. Very cool. So you're on the Y Teams podcast, which means we're here to talk about remote work. Uh, what is your your history with remote work? Are you is is the fuse distributed? Yes. So, uh, like I said, we're we're distributed across uh, three different countries, um, and we're really excited about that. Um, originally, it was actually a little bit of a fluke that we uh, started, um, you know, distributed team doing design and doing uh, front end development has always been a hobby of mine. So um, when I used to do it, I was uh, or when I first started doing it, I was you know on a lot of forums and stuff, and that's where actually Matt and I. Uh, originally met some eight or nine years ago. And, uh, you know, from working with uh, people on forums to, you know, fix JavaScript games to, um, you know, make comments on designs, everything else, I created a little bit of a really cool network of people. So I got my first few clients through, you know, uh, games that I was playing or, you know, doing little personal projects and that kind of thing. So it was uh, kind of a, a weird start for me just being able to work with people online as opposed to uh, working uh, with people in person. And uh, when we started to uh, grow to the point that we had to hire our first full-time uh, uh, first uh, full-time team member, it was already 
like I already had this network of people that I was working with, so it made no sense to look for someone in Toronto. It made more sense to just, you know, hire someone that I knew, uh, knew and was working with already. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, it's it's always worked out that we we just kept hiring distributed. And um, you know, like I said, it it was very much a, a fluke, but it was a it was such a beautiful uh, fluke at that. Uh, the things that we figured out, um, the people that we found, uh, we would have not been able to just find them in one place and been able to you know start. Uh, a company, um, especially that young, with without that that network of individuals. So hiring in the UK has been great. We first hired a designer um, in the UK a little while ago and decided, hey, like let's try out this, you know, seeing this five six hour difference uh, thing. And uh, we've discovered following the sun principles, and you know that's worked great for us. Or a designer will work in the morning. Um, and then by the time that it's his afternoon, our developers are just waking up and starting work and they have overlap sessions. So we found really good ways to make it work. So it's definitely one of those uh, mistakes that are so great to make that you discover uh, amazing things out of. Huh, that's really cool. And that's that's something that even with the teams that I've interviewed is is still, I think, fairly rare is a team that actually finds some advantage in the time zone transition. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, you, so, you called it. What did you call it, the follow the sun? Yeah, so it's following the sun. Uh, it's it's actually a principle that's that's uh, that's been out there for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't actually know about it when we first started doing it, but um, apparently we're following it. So um, <laughs> <laughs> go figure, right? So it's been great for us. We have, I guess, we span across one, two, three, four. Four or five time zones right now in these three different countries. So mm-hmm. it's pretty fantastic to be able to do it and find ways for it to work. And have you had to kind of like come up with, with checklists or something? Like how do you, how do you know that like your work is ready to sort of pass on to the next stage in that, uh, without sort of leaving the next stage in the lurch? Yeah, I mean, we, we do a, a lot of, you know, to-do list task management stuff, but most of it is just the communication, you know, and that's like the biggest thing with any distributed team is that you need to over communicate all of your needs and make sure that everybody's on the same page, whether it's, you know, in calls or emails or making tasks for each other. Like sometimes our designers will make tests for the developers to make sure they don't overlook anything and just making sure that we, we communicate a lot and, um, keep everybody together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot of that is, uh, you know, whether or not, or whether we're on chat, um, throughout the day or, you know, during those overlap periods at the far least to make sure everyone's on the same page, mm-hmm. to having kickoff meetings. So we, we find that, uh, by creating little processes and, um, an environment where people want to communicate and, and know that it's important, mm-hmm. um, has been fantastic in, in creating a distributed team that really works. How do you facilitate an environment where people want to communicate? Um, I think that the best way of doing that has been uh, literally being over enthusiastic about things. And um, when you're communicating over the web, um, you're usually you usually can't tell if someone's being sarcastic or, or they're saying a joke or they're mm-hmm. being serious or whether they're happy or they're sad. Like, it's sometimes hard to tell when um, you're when you receive an email from someone um, what they actually feel um, right. without actually hearing their voice and you know seeing them. Um, so we find that the best thing to do is within our over communicating is also, uh, you know, over emphasizing points. So if we're happy, we make sure that we seem that we're really, really happy. Uh, mm-hmm. if we're, if we're not happy about something, um, you know, we express it in a way that, uh, we, you know, making the point, uh, not to, not to make anyone sad or unhappy, but just to uh, make sure that people understand 
um, where we're coming from and mm-hmm. um, how how and why we feel the ways that we do. So um, we find that that's 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 probably the the best thing that we've we've done. Um, other than that, it's it's just making sure that everyone feels comfortable. I mean, we work in an environment that's a little bit uh, different than than other companies, uh, a little bit of non-tradition. Um, we work in 30-hour weeks, and uh, we have a little bit of fun with that. We have unlimited vacations. Uh, we try to make it an environment that everyone feels uh, feels safe to call home, mm-hmm. as well as uh, a team that everyone is friends. And, um, you know, we love working together. We all love the work we do. We wouldn't be doing it for any other reason. So uh, the more that we, we've... Uh, been doing those things, the more people have, have, have found that, hey, you know, this communicating over the internet across, you know, all these different time zones and stuff isn't actually as hard as they thought it would be. It's, it's quite easy, uh, when you find the right people to do the job. Right. Right. Well, that's, that's really great. You mentioned overlap meetings. Can you expand on that? Overlap meetings. So, um, in the, uh, in the book Rework by 37 Signals, which is a great book, for uh, anyone who's doing the distributed uh, thing. And they actually, 37 Signals is coming out with a, a, a new book right now. Uh, I think it's called Remote. But in that book, they talk about um, how they're spanned across a few different uh, time zones as well and how they found that even their uh, developers in uh, Europe um, have a certain amount of time with the designers um, to to work. So... Uh, we don't all work nine to five, but that being said, there's certain hours during the day that we know people are generally online and working, and that is generally between nine to five. Um, and we do know that within the Eastern time zone and uh, GMT, we're both online for a good three to five hours every day. So usually when I wake up, because um, I have a four-year-old son, I wake up at seven o'clock in the morning. So when I when I'm waking up at seven o'clock in the morning, uh, already in the UK, it's either uh, twelve or one o'clock, depending on whether or not they've switched forward or back the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that being said, uh, I know that they have about five hours left in their day, so about noon my time. And similarly to all the other time zones that we have, um, we have these certain overlap periods that are at least lasting two to three hours to make sure that you know have that time to sync up should we need to have mm-hmm. meetings when we need to and all that um and we're we've created environments like our you know hip chat where we do the majority of our conversations and communication during the day um to base camp to uh scheduling meetings and everything else we make sure that we make ourselves available for those times so that should questions uh be had or Things be uh, things be needed by anyone else in those different time zones. They have the opportunity to speak to us. Mm, okay. Do you ever get together in one place as a team? Uh, sometimes we do. Um, we do a, a couple yearly trips. Like we we went down to Atlanta to visit our friends Big Nerd Ranch and okay. uh, work out of their studio um, in last November. So we try to do that twice a year or so. Um, mm-hmm. And then whether it's you know James going over to England to visit Tom or, or one of our designers coming here for a project. Or I say here, you know, I'm going to Toronto for a project. Um, we try to to get together a couple times a year just to see everybody's faces. Um, but also, you know, um, other people will be going to conferences. So, like for example, James is um, and the Fuse is helping organize this uh, NASA Space Apps Challenge. So I think a couple of our team members will be in Toronto for that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even though we don't always necessarily all get into the exact same place, uh, we mm-hmm. do try to. Um, have people going around and 
you know, not just working from home or um, not just feeling like they're they're trapped in the one place that they are, but also moving around to go to conferences, um, to go to work from different spaces as well. I don't get enough opportunities to go to the UK because plane tickets are crazy expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, uh, every chance that I do get, I, I love to to be able to to go out and also to fly people over to other places. Mm-hmm. And it's not just our, our team members, too. You know, we also try to go and see our clients. So like when we were in um, Atlanta in November, we spent a lot of time, you know, making the rounds and, and making sure that we saw everybody's faces and said hello. And uh, South by Southwest just kicked off. So I'll be visiting a couple of clients here that are going to be part of the startup competitions. And, and one of our clients is giving a talk next week. So I'll be uh, meeting people and making sure to say hello to everybody. Okay. It sounds like one of the biggest drivers for you was just the people that you wanted to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there any other aspects of working remotely that have really worked out advantageously? Towards our team, I think the the biggest thing that uh, has been great about the distributed team that we have is being able to work with people that you may have never met before, you may have never had the opportunity to ever meet before. Mm-hmm. Since we work in uh, such different places, you know, especially the UK to to the United States and Canada, the people that we get to work with are, we don't have to be desperate to find someone within our area. We can um, make uh, make our search a little bit more broad and, mm. and find people that are doing great things that, you know what, may not want to go to an office, may mm. have an office in their house that they're happy with, they want to go to a co-working space. Um, and with that, we, we do encourage uh, everyone, and this is another uh, thing that we found that works really well, is encouraging everyone to get out of their offices, to go to coffee shops, to work from wherever they want. Um, you know, we have an environment where, like I said, people are working 30-hour weeks. So, uh, you know, to be able to abuse that as much as they as much as they can, to work from where they want, to, you know, take their computers with them on a vacation if they're taking, if they want to be working on that vacation or not taking uh, mm-hmm. their computer and just not thinking about work for the time that they're away, we found that just uh, figuring out, and everyone else, everyone on the team has a schedule that works for them. So uh, while for me, you know, the majority of my time work is between nine and like three thirty, because that's when my son's at school. You know, other people are working from you know five p.m. to midnight, or right. you know whatever it is. So finding um, the balance that works in everyone's lives and and uh, abusing the fact that we don't have nine to five hours is, has been really great. Uh, in making sure that everyone loves what they're doing, loves the environment, and uh, feels like they can be trusted to do their work on time and budget mm-hmm. and everything else. What are your criterion for evaluating if somebody's you know getting the job done? So we actually track hours, um, and that's that's our unit of measurement. Um, we work in an iterative process with clients, so it ends up being that. A client like a startup might come to us with an original idea and then change scope um, a few weeks into our kind of discovery with them, um, which is totally fine. And we we allow that within uh, the budgets that we create and, you know, all that stuff. But that's that's usually the the indicator as well. We just all do design and code audits. Mm -hmm. Um, So we get to see what other people are doing, give feedback and make sure that we're always producing uh, a higher quality work than the last day or the last week. Um, and we always want to make sure that we're raising the bar in the uh, quality of work that we're doing. So another advantage, at least from a business perspective, is to be able to open up 
our options to different cities and to, to different types of clients as well. Because um, while the company is based in Toronto right now, we, we have a lot of clients that are in Atlanta mm-hmm. um, because we work with some some studios there, and that just kind of happened organically. But now um, that the company is growing, you know, we, we uh, have been look, working a lot in Toronto as well as in Austin. You know, like we've started to move down here too. And uh, we have people in the UK that have brought in clients and people on the West Coast as well. So, you know, like at least from a business perspective, it allows us to, to grow organically, you know, wherever the work is. We don't mm-hmm. have to limit ourselves to one city because we can work from wherever. You mentioned uh, code audits, and I'm kind of curious about that, kind of like like just digging down a little bit into one little workflow uh, is that something that you do kind of uh, offline with, you know, writing up comments and then and then sending them to someone or posting them somewhere? Or, or do you have meetings where you like set up a screen share and go over code or how do you handle that? Right. So that's actually uh, that's a good, good question, because that's something we're still figuring out. Um, all the processes that we have, uh, we've been ironing out and we're always iterating and changing on. So. Um, right now, uh, what we have been doing is uh, we're all front-end developers. We, we all use GitHub, um, and we, we work within uh, a lot of Rails environments, you know, uh, and, and different uh, development environments. Uh, and because of that, it's a little bit hard sometimes to actually do audits um, unless you're doing them on actual commits. Um, so generally, what we try to do is, is make uh, audits on commits or on full bodies of work and email them as just files to each other or just send emails to each other with uh, comments and feedback. Uh, but we do try it once a week to um, get everyone to look at someone else's code um, just to give some feedback, uh, share some ideas. Um, we're generally talking about the latest uh, trends and tools and frameworks that we could be using mm-hmm. um, and when to use them and when not to use them. Um, within chat during the day, but we find that code audits has been uh, indispens- an indispensable tool in mm-hmm. making sure that our code is um, of the highest uh, quality because that's mm-hmm. what we get hired a lot for is uh, integrating with with development teams and making sure that we can implement our designs into their development environments. So making sure that we have code that is easy to understand, is easy to change, is modular, uh, as low in the DOM as possible. We're we're going for um, uh, for working with a lot of web applications. So if you have same button style with five different class names, mm-hmm. um, you're doing things wrong. So right. that's that's what we focus on. Hmm. As you've grown as a company, have you run into any challenges that you had to overcome as a result of the distributed nature? I think the uh, the the challenges that we've had to overcome are uh, ones with regards to finding the right people uh, for the job. Um, we've had to change our hiring process over the course of the last couple of years because we know that there's certain traits that are good in people that will be working in distributed teams. They need to be um, not afraid to communicate, um, not afraid to ask questions. They need to show that they're always looking for the latest and greatest things, and they're not just comfortable where they are and want to stay there for the next few years. Um, we want to find people that are that are pushing the brink in 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 what they're doing. So um, the biggest challenge, honestly, has been uh, exactly that: finding the right people. But at the same time, that challenge has been quite the blessing. We've got to meet so many um, bright, talented people from across the world who do amazing work. Other challenges are, uh, you know, every once in a while we'll have little communication blips, um, but those are always things that we've had so much experience with solving before they even become a problem 
that, um, you know, and we've had these processes uh, lined up to make sure that these issues never become a problem mm-hmm. that, um, you know, we don't, we don't see them as, as big challenges or hurdles for our team because mm-hmm. we know exactly what we're doing every day. We love doing it. And, uh, it's, it's what energizes us to wake up in the morning, honestly. Can you give uh, a, a little example of a communications glitch and like what, when you notice that and what you do when you realize that that's happening? Um, so we, we've had some problems where, uh, it wasn't directly communicated, you know, from, from us to the client what we were supposed to be focusing on the moment, mm-hmm. um, in the moment. So one of the challenges is, is trying to figure out what the priorities are and what we should be spending time on immediately. Um, so sometimes, you know, if there's a miscommunication error and somebody goes down a road that they weren't sure they were supposed to go down, um, and then we have to rein people back in and kind of, uh, get back on track. So that, that has been a challenge, but we've gotten, a lot better at it, and this goes back to the over-communication thing. The more we communicate and talk about things and make sure everybody's on the same page, the the more cohesive we will be as a team. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been this has been really um, really interesting, and uh, I just want to give you guys a chance before I let you go to tell the folks uh, that are listening where you can where they can find more about you and more about the fuse and any other projects you want to talk about uh, on the web. Absolutely. So, uh, we actually have our website. It's www.thefuse.com. Um, the fuse with F-U-S-E was actually taken when we went to, uh, actually start the company. So it's P-H-U-S-E. So it's T-H-E-P-H-U-S-E.com. Uh, we have a blog on there that we, uh, try to keep up to date, um, with, uh, stuff that we're doing and ideas and, um, all sorts of, uh, great articles. As well, we're on Dribble, uh, for those that love seeing really cool shots of things, and it's dribble.com slash the fuse, and we're on Twitter at the fuse. So, yeah, I think that's pretty well it. Awesome. Well, uh, James, Matt, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for your time. My pleasure. And that's our show for today. As always, I hope you've enjoyed it. To subscribe to the show if you haven't already, or to check out more interviews and articles about remote work, go to wideteams.com. You can also find the show in the iTunes Music Store. I'd like to once again thank our sponsor, Screen Hero, for making this episode possible. I've personally found that Screen Hero screen sharing is super fast and a pleasure to use. So if you're looking to improve your remote collaboration experience, definitely go check it out at ScreenHero.com. The Y Teams podcast is distributed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 license. Our music is by Giles Boquette. Until next week, this is Opti Grimm, signing off. Why, 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 why